This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.kangaroofern.com. A kangaroo fern production. Hey, it's Miku Santos and welcome to There's a Glitch. Today we're talking about the cyber attack incident in Optus and Medibank. Australia's Federal Police Commissioner Rhys Kershaw on Friday confirmed police believe the criminal group behind the recent Medibank cyber attack is from Russia. Why are there so many data breaches? Is Australia behind in cybersecurity technology? And what are the lessons from this cyber attack? Well, let's find out. It's odd. When the Optus data breach happened Thursday last week, it wasn't the biggest news event. Hackers have published extremely confidential and compromising information. Australia's largest health insurer is now this country's latest high-profile victim of cybercrime. Sure, sure, yeah. So most organisations are collecting you know, personal data at some level, to, you know, to enable their businesses. And so... Uh, By the way, this is Jeremy Kurt. I'm an executive editor with the Information Security Media Group, which is a publishing and events company focused on computer security. And so I write about cybersecurity and data breaches and malware and ransomware and all those interesting things. A data breach exposes confidential, sensitive, or protected information to unauthorized person. So this can happen because of um, somebody has infiltrated their systems and been able to get to, say, a customer database. Or sometimes it can just happen by mistake. Um, people will just mistakenly leave, like, maybe some service open or maybe accidentally email something to somebody else that they weren't supposed to receive. Um, so it can happen both through, I guess, intentional malice and also just by accident. Uh, we've got quite detailed information from Optus about uh, what the security breach has um, put into the public realm. We know that this is Cybersecurity Minister Claire O'Neill in a 7:30 TV interview on ABC. Has been stolen from Optus, but for 2.8 million Australians, quite extensive personal data, which includes things like license numbers and passport numbers, have been taken. How were the data stolen? Some experts say. The attack in Optus is not sophisticated. What is uh, of concern for us is how what is quite a basic hack was undertaken on Optus. We should not have a telecommunications provider in this country, which has effectively left the window open for data of this nature to be stolen. So Jeremy, what do you think on Optus cyber attack? Sophisticated or not? And there was, yeah, there was a lot of debate around, you know, what happened. So just to say, even today, you know, today is November 5th when we're recording, Optus has not officially confirmed how it was um, attacked. However, uh, there was um, there was an ABC story not long after it happened that quoted a uh, Optus executive as saying that it was a, an API, an application programming interface that had been exposed to the internet. It had been hooked up to a test network and something went wrong. 
And so I also, so I started reporting on this too. And so I actually reached out to the person, you know, the hacker and basically asked this person, you know, how'd you do it? And that person confirmed that it was an unauthenticated application programming interface. And so this was, you know, an API that was left open, like normally you would have to authenticate it to it to be able to access data in it. And this person said, yeah, it was just left open on the internet. So they then enumerated the records, meaning that they sequentially downloaded everything in the customer database. And so I also had another source uh, within Australia who was very close to the situation who also confirmed that it was an unauthenticated uh, API and actually provided me with the URL, which I double checked with the person who was trying to extort Optus, who gave me the same URL. So we're it's pretty certain that this is how um, you know, Optus was breached. Um, so it's a common mistake in, in computer security. You know, there's a lot of attention around, you know, protecting APIs and ensuring that this kind of situation exactly doesn't happen. Um, but again, Optus hasn't officially confirmed it. So there, you know, there might be some some slight variations in, in how, but I think we're pretty close to the actual cause. Well, until today, Optus neither confirm or deny about the API. Now, Medibank is worse than Optus cyber attack incident. On October 13, one of the Australia's largest medical insurer, which is Medibank, announced it has suffered a cyber attack, on which has resulted in the breach of personal details of 9.7 million customers in Australia. With a single line, a gross violation. The hackers messaging another file of Medibank customer data was now on the dark web. Intimate details of hundreds of people, including medical procedures for termination of pregnancy. Is Australia behind in combating this cyber criminal? Or we don't have enough cyber security professionals to help us fight these cyber criminals? Uh, no, I don't really think so. What I think is uh, due to some of the uh, characteristics which are unique to Australia, we are really attractive as a target for this type of criminal. For example, Australia is a really wealthy country. It has got lots of uh, natural resources. It has got lots of digitized services. And most importantly, given the amount of land and geographical vastness we have, the population is relatively very small. So even if we want to uh, protect ourselves, we don't really have enough manpower, I would say. That's why we are experiencing a number of cybercrime and uh, we are looking at some of the prominent examples as we speak. I am Dr. Mohi Ahmed. I am a senior lecturer in cybersecurity at School of Science at Edith Cowan University, Western Australia. Uh, my job is to educate the next generation of cybersecurity leaders and conduct research to cyber and uh, disrupt the cybercrime ecosystem. So, yes, I mean, you might have seen lots of things that are happening in the past and still happening now. So I'm just trying my level best to 
play my part well to stop these cyber crimes. So how can we protect our data? Maybe the government increase the penalty against Australian companies and make a mandatory to make an investment in cybersecurity. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody it's made everybody feel quite powerless, you know, because if you want to participate in the modern economy, right, if you want to have a phone, if you want to have subscription services, if you want to have health insurance, you have to give all this data to these companies. Like you don't have any choice, otherwise you don't get the service. So, and our expectations as customers is that, well, you need to protect us at all costs and you need to make the appropriate investments in information to security to make sure that this stuff does not is not accessed by bad people. And so, you know, I think that's what the government wants to do is kind of like lift up Australia's cybersecurity laws to ensure that the law requires companies to do this. And if they don't do it, that there's severe penalties. Now, there's somewhat of a horse left the barn kind of thing with this, right? It's like, okay, well, we can increase the fines for not protecting data, but we also have to realize like, once that data is out, it's just out, right? It's like, with Medibank, for instance, right? If that extortionist decides to release all those medical records, like that's something you can't even replace. It's just like, you know, a record that you had a hernia operation 10 years ago, like there's no, there's no winding that stuff back. So I think what we really need to do is not only look at maybe sort of the, the stick, you know, the carrot and the stick, right? Not only look at the punishments for mishandling data or failing to protect it, but also incentivize companies to, to make investments in this because we have to stop it before it happens. Because once it happens, it's too late. Like, um, and, you know, arguably the MetaBank situation is way worse than the Optus situation because you can replace your passport. It's a pain, but you can do it. You can replace your driver's license. You know, if you have fraud on your accounts, like it's a pain to resolve that, but you know, you'll be made whole. You probably won't be out of pocket. You know, it'll take you time to call service providers and get that fixed. But, but the medical stuff is just irreplaceable, you know, and it's potentially embarrassing. So it's really like next level, you know, kind of stuff. And, you know, people have been warning about this for years that there was going to be a big one coming. And I think for Australia, the, the Medibank one probably is, is it. Medibank still refusing to pay the ransom to cybercriminal, despite the hackers already released some of the customer data on the dark web last November 9. This is a malicious attack um, that's deliberate and has been designed to cause maximum harm and uncertainty, particularly to vulnerable people. Um, we're working round the clock uh, with the AFP and with the government to, uh, as part of their criminal investigation. That's the CEO of Medibank. The Medibank incident consists of alleged 200 gig of data that contain personal information such as names, date of birth, addresses, phone numbers, Medicare numbers, credit card details, and ID documents. Importantly, it also contains sensitive personal information about medical diagnostic and procedure covered by Medibank and AHM Health Insurance. It is the right decision not to pay the hackers um, but Medibank's in a tough position because even if they pay, there's no guarantee that this group is not going to sell the data quietly, right, on the side. Because how do you trust 
criminals who are already trying to extort you, right? So, but, uh, you know, and I argued this, I wrote a piece that's on LinkedIn and Twitter, you know, about this too, of like, well, is there value for Medibank to pay some money to stop them just dumping everything on the internet? And I think potentially yes, right? Because even if you accept that these people could sell this stuff quietly on the side, maybe that's better than dumping, you know, they have 200 gigs of data is what this group has claimed. So if they just like put all that on a, you know, a dot onion link site where anybody can go and download it easily, you know, that's very, very bad. So maybe there's value in giving them some money for that, right? With acknowledging that, well, this may not stop it, but it may mitigate the damage and the exposure somewhat. So, but, you know, it's, I think, um, you, you know, I always have like a sympathetic view towards people, organizations that are victimized by this because they're faced with no, no good choice, right? There's no good choices with this stuff. And this is crime, you know? So even everybody gets quite angry about it and like, oh, you should have protected my data better. And it's like, well, yeah, but now it's just, this is what the situation is. Right. And MetaBank is a victim of a crime. Optus was a victim of a crime. People make mistakes. InfoSec is complicated. You know, I don't mean to make excuses, but, you know, anybody who's intimately involved with this field knows how complicated it is to defend really large networks, right? And how one small change can be that small change that leads to a breach. So it's a tough, it's a tough thing. It's a tough battle, you know? Uh, 100%. If we pay even a dollar ransom, that would incentivize someone else. That that would attract more and more cyber criminals. Yes, we could have gotten some ransom from this enterprise from Australia. Why don't we target some other enterprises from the same country? That would create more attention and cyber criminals will become more and more interested to launch cybercrime against Australia. So under no circumstances, we should pay the ransom. And there is no guarantee that cyber criminals will stop posting those data or selling those data to someone else. There is no guarantee. So not paying the ransom is the best possible decision in this context. also confirmed that attack at the Medibank is more sophisticated than the Optos breach. Optos attack happened due to a technical issue which was claimed uh, and I think that this was just a simple vulnerability which was exploited by the other criminals. But for the Medibank's case, it is much more sophisticated because exfiltrating the sensitive data it's almost 200 gigabytes of data. Exfiltrating that data from their network to some external repositories, this is a very, very sophisticated type of crime. And on top of that, we are not certain that Medibank had the multi-factor authentication or not. But even if they had multi-factor authentication, cyber criminals were really sophisticated enough to bypass those countermeasures in place. So if you ask me, Optus was probably having uh, some technical issues and that was exploited by the cyber criminals, but with Medibank, which stores more and more sensitive and personalized data, 
He said we should take some lesson from this cyber security incident and prepare for the future attack. I would say that what has already happened, we should uh, take some lessons from there. And moving forward, we should look at the privacy uh, acts. We should look at the cybersecurity insurance. We should also look at the newer variants of ransomware attacks because cyber criminals will never cease to amaze ourselves. They will come up with newer strategies. So in my research, I find that the next uh, possible ransomware attack would be the one where cyber criminals are not asking for ransom. They are not asking for uh, any other type of ransom or cryptocurrency, and they're not posting those data. Rather, they compromise the network and the systems of our critical infrastructure, and they are manipulating the data stored there. So imagine a scenario where uh, if, let's say, the Department of Home Affairs or the Passport Control or Border Control uh, network is hacked, and, and the cyber criminals can uh, input forged or illegal visa for someone else uh, who is not supposed to be here. So that can be done, and anyone with those cyber criminal empire they can come to this country claiming that yes, I have got the visa, but in theory and in reality, no one has issued that visa. If we consider the context of childcare subsidies, if cyber criminals can compromise Centrelink or MyGov websites and the data repositories, they can tamper with the childcare subsidy. They don't really have to do anything else. They don't really have to. Uh, steal the data or publish the data or ask for ransom, if they can target all the interested parties who are receiving childcare subsidies and their bank account details, the money can be sent back to the cyber criminals' uh, designated accounts. And no one will even know that, okay, all of a sudden, millions of dollars has been going to the wrong account, and cyber criminals can just walk away with that money. No one will know unless uh, some times are passed, probably in a week or two, by the time the money is done. So these are the uh, next possible uh, ransomware attacks, and all the interested parties, law enforcement agencies, government agencies, everyone should focus on the next possible attacks and harden our system. Data is everyone's business. If you're affected of the Medibank or Optus cybersecurity incident, it's important to you to remain vigilant and monitor all your devices and accounts for unusual activity. Report unusual activity to Report Cyber, or you can contact the ID Care at 1-800-595-160 and, of course, contact your bank as well. Be alert for scams that make reference to Optus or Medibank. Do not click on the link in suspicious emails or messages that reference to Optus or Medibank. I'm Mika Santos. Thanks for listening. But I do want to address Australians today. 
and give as much information as I can without putting at risk the criminal investigation. I know Australians are angry, distressed and seeking answers about the highly sensitive and deeply... There's a Glitch was created by Miko Santos and produced by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Edited by Jaime Bada. Pastora Bada is our executive producer. Frederick Miguel is our director of sound design. Our staff includes Jamie Lopez, Eleanor Tanchopo, Yasmin Carell, Miriam So, and Philip Costanaro. Our fact checkers are Michael Balneg and Diane Kosovo. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com